This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. We have lots to share with you today, but first, our topic of today is actually from a quote by Charles Martin. I've been reading lots of his books. I'm going to talk about another one that I just finished recently, but it's only Jesus gets to tell you who you are. And we kind of alluded to this a little bit in last week's episode when we were talking about marriage and we were talking about um, learning to communicate better and how sometimes if you have predecided a lie about yourself that you are a certain negative narrative that you've created for yourself no matter what other people say to you you will view it through that lens you will hear it through those headphones and so today we want to talk about replacing the lies with truth and how only Jesus gets to tell you who you are But before we get into that, Jesse, it was a big week for baby D, and we talked about on the last episode how he was going to have his surgery. We, his surgery, I don't even know how to describe because it went phenomenally better than we could have ever dreamed or imagined. Yeah. And also the after effects of the surgery have been amazing because we never would have pictured what he is like post-surgery because he can hear. Which is huge. So we went into the surgery really just psyching ourselves up for he's going to have his palate repaired and this is a Mm -hmm. big deal. It needs to be done. It's going to be painful. We don't know how it's going to affect him, what the recovery is going to be like, how he's going to do with the anesthesia. And we had just really focused on that piece of the surgery. 
And we knew that getting his palate repaired was going to help him with eating and helping him with being able to talk better because there's a lot you a lot of sounds you can't make if the roof of your mouth is open. But the part of the surgery that I don't think either of us really yeah, spent a lot of overlooked time it. on mm-hmm. was the fact that a big portion of this surgery when he was under I say surgery, but the time when he was under, because they were already putting him under for the one surgery, they decided, oh, let's do some other things that they've been really wanting to do. And that is to do a CT scan of his ears. Mm -hmm. And that includes all the parts, like all of his Mm -hmm. ear bones and all of that. And then to attempt to put in tubes in his ears and then to do an ABR Test, which what does ABR stand for? Do you know? I'm not sure. It's just an it's an auditory test. The A is probably auditory. <laughs> and I don't know what the other I don't one know stands what the for. The but it was funny because I showed up at the hospital for his surgery and they were going through all the things that they were going to do. And I knew they were going to do the hearing test and I knew they were going to attempt to put tubes in his ears. And they had tried to do that with his last surgery when he has lip repair and hadn't been able to because his ear canals are really small, but they were going to try again. And they had hope that it might impact his hearing, but they hadn't really given us a lot of like, oh, this is going to make a big difference because they really, they don't know. And especially when a child is so small, they there's just a lot that they don't know about their hearing. ABR you, stands for auditory brainstem response. Okay. So I've seen them do this before because when Champ was in the NICU, they actually came in and did this to him. I believe it's when they put all of the different wires on their head. And, mm-hmm. Yes. Cause it, I think it's like a 45 minute test and they had, so they had all of that. He was asleep. He was really tiny at this point. So they were able to do it while he was just sleeping. Was that the EEG or was that? The, no, no, no. This was when, no, no, this is champ when he was um, oh, 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 oh. the last day that he was in the NICU because he also had hearing issues and he had yes. failed his hearing test. Gotcha. And so they did another ABR test. I believe it's the same one. Cause it's a 45 minute test. They put all the leads on him and then they're looking at, like inner ear activity is what I understand. Like they're trying to see how his ear bones are responding to Uh the noises and they're making different levels of noises, different decibels and all of that. So I got to actually watch them do it with him, which was really cool. So I went in for the surgery and they said, they talked about that they were going to do the CT scan, which I think neither one of us had really kind of registered that they were doing. I mean, did you know they were doing the CT scan? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just, I had included in that like, oh, a big piece of this surgery when he's under is going to be about his ears. This is with baby D. Yes, I know. (laughs) It's like, okay. So I go in the surgery, the whole thing was supposed to be about six hours. And so his ENT, um, they did the CT scan on a one floor. Well, first the anesthesia, they, got him under, took him down to do the CT scan, brought him back up to do the palate surgery and try to put the tubes in his ears. So they called me, I think about two hours in and told me everything was going really well and told me that his um, scan had gone well and that they were able to put the tubes in his ears and they were working on his palate. And so then I think it was about another hour and a half. They called me again and said for me to meet with the doctor. And so I went in to meet with the ENT who had done the palate repair, mm-hmm. who is very familiar with his ears and all of that. And he told me, well, the CT scan showed a lot of abnormalities. I was able to get the tubes in, but you know, we're just not real hopeful 
based upon how his ears looked in the CT scan. So it was it was discouraging because, you know, we'd hoped like the tubes were going to affect his ears in some way because he has not been able to hear much at all, except for if he has... That we can tell. Right. I mean, you can stand behind him and make noises. He rarely ever startles. So I was like, okay, but we had kind of prepared ourselves that he was going to have severe hearing loss for all Mm -hmm. of his life. And so then they did the ABR test. And so then they called me back. I think it was another hour and a half. They called me back to meet with the woman who had done the ABR test. And um, Jesse, you were just able to get to the hospital at that point because you had been with Kirsten and then the kids were taking care of her. And so you come in the room and I said, (laughs) she had just told me this thing. And I said, you need to tell my husband. And so she looks at you and she says, well, we did the ABR test and on one ear, he's hearing completely normal. And on the other ear, it's almost normal. And we both just sat there. Yeah, I was in shock. In shock. Like of all the things that we could have thought that would have come from this surgery, the fact that putting tubes in his ears was going to allow him to hear close to normal was the last thing that we ever even envisioned. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I felt prompted to bring his Baja hearing aid. Which he had been wearing before. Yes. The one that we strap on onto his forehead. And he hates it, and it's it's a pain for to put on him. Um, but it really is interesting to see the change in how he would be able to hear somewhat. Mm-hmm. Because when you would put that on and cover your ears and talk, you could still hear. Mm-hmm. It, it was really it was very weird. And I'm thinking that's probably how he would hear at the time when he would wear it. Well. They took that from us because it was, said, a, it was a loner. They said he didn't need it anymore. He said he's not going to need this anymore. And even with the Baja on, which is a bone conduction hearing device, he wasn't like he was hearing much better than without it. Mm-hmm. But his still the level of hearing was. I mean, I, they never gave us a specific level, right. but it was very clear that there was a lot that he wasn't right. hearing. So um, it was interesting, though, that we could compare how he's responding now post-surgery to how he would compare whenever or how he would respond to whenever he was wearing the Baja. And it's, it's night and day. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it is literally as if for the first time in his life, he's able to hear things, which Mm -hmm. I I think is the case. And just recognizing he didn't know our voices. He doesn't know his name. He has done such a good job of visually being Mm -hmm. able to, use his visual sense to interact with so much of the world. But now it's like he is just coming alive. Post-surgery really was not at all as difficult as we thought it would be. The first six hours, he was writhing in pain, struggling to breathe because there's lots of swelling and his mouth is bleeding out and all of that. But after the first six hours, then he was able to calm down. They gave him some pain meds that finally worked. And then he fell asleep. And when he woke back up, he was just so much more calm. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I mean, he took, he had pain meds for a few days and, you know, some different, you know, he, he was acting not himself, but slowly getting better and better. And it's been what, a little over a week since his surgery. And he is 
back to normal, but much more than back to normal because he's saying all these new sounds that he wasn't able to say before mm-hmm. and he can hear. So he's interacting with us. It's like his, his whole new personality is coming out of him and he's just, it's, it's just crazy. It's hard to describe. Yeah. His eye contact. It is amazing. Yes. It's like attention span yes. is amazing. So anyway, we're just thrilled and just hard to put into words how, grateful we are and how, what we thought, you know, the fears and things going into the surgery and then how God answered our prayers above and beyond what we could have ever dreamed or imagined. So he's still, because of the abnormalities, he'll still need to have some additional testing and things like that. But just the fact that there's a possibility that he can hear even close to normal, even out of one ear close to normal is a huge, huge leap from what we ever expected. Yeah. I mean, there's the possibility he could wear a normal hearing aid and that would help him even hear even better. Yes. So that's our exciting news. So thank you all for those of you who are praying for us. I mentioned that I just finished reading a book by Charles Martin. I should say I finished listening to a book by Charles Martin. It was on Hoopla, and it was called The Letter Keeper. And it was actually part two in a series. And I think there's going to be a third book in this series. But what I really appreciated about this is it goes in depth to trafficking and kind of um, what it's like to come out of that. I think it's something that we don't talk about or understand enough. and there just how hard it would be to have been sold into this slavery and then come out of that and try to go back to a normal life. And it really does a good job of talking through that and processing through that and explaining that in a fiction book that is very engaging. And I just, I love Charles Martin's writings and have just been listening to so many of his books because I just appreciate the depth of his writing and that he tackles some of these really difficult subjects in a manner that brings it home in a way that can help us to better understand and have more empathy and compassion. So that was A Letter Keeper by Charles Martin, and we will make sure to link to that in the show notes. What's saving my life this week? is Aldi grocery delivery. And this was my sister, actually. Whenever we came home from the hospital after surgery, she told me, she said, I sent you some groceries. And so she had um, ordered groceries. She actually lives in another state, but she had ordered groceries for us. And it was from Aldi. And it was an entire pizza dinner plus some snacks for the kids. And I just thought it was such a great idea. Sometimes we want to bless someone else and Maybe they live far away, or maybe we're in a season where we aren't able to physically go and bring them food or do something for them. Send them a grocery delivery. And I actually was so inspired by this that I did this for a friend of mine who they're going through a really rough week, and I just sent them some snacks and just had it delivered to their front door. And I said, it's going to be on your front door. And on your front door, I should say your front door step um, or your porch. But I just love this. And I just wanted to share it because I thought it might be an idea for those of you who 
you want to bless someone else, or maybe you didn't know that Aldi, you can actually get the groceries delivered from Aldi. They also have grocery pickup. I've never used it before, but if you love shopping at Aldi, but grocery delivery or pickup would be a smarter thing for you, definitely check into that and see if that's available in your area. Jesse, you bought something recently that has been saving our life. I don't know how many of you have the same problem, (laughs) but our phones have recently, and actually for quite a long time, been turned into cordless phones. And that is because children come and take our cords. We'll say teenagers. Teenagers come and steal our cords uh, from our bedroom for charging purposes. And so anytime our phones die, it's like, where's the cord? Where's the plug? And where's the cord? So like we were playing musical chargers around the house, like going around the house, trying to find where a charger is. So I uh, decided to look on Amazon. It's always hit or miss when you get something on Amazon, especially something that is charging related or electronic related. Regardless, no matter how many reviews you read, there's always going to be one that says, oh, this starts a fire. <laughs> you know, that's usually not a good not a good idea to get that particular product. So um, I found some charging bases and decided to go ahead and, and get one, preferably one that would not start a fire and found one. And we've been using it here for probably about, what, two weeks now? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing. It is really a lifesaver. It's got six different ports on it's it like for a little, USB. I'm trying to think how you describe it's like it. A, it. It's almost like a file divider. That's what I was thinking. Yes, like an old-fashioned file divider. Old-fashioned. Okay, file, maybe yeah. people use maybe people use them. Yeah. I haven't been into like a normal office in a while, but where it's like the plastic dividers in between, mm-hmm. only just on a little smaller scale, so you can put your little devices uh-huh. in the little sections. And it has a light. For each one, it lights up whichever particular one you're using charging up. So um, anyway, it comes, I've never seen iPhone cords six inches long, but these are six inch long cords that attach to the USB and just allow you to put your phone or your iPad or there's also a stand for an iWatch. So, or Apple Watch, I guess is what it's called. So So you could charge, is it? Six or seven devices at I once. I think it's six. Okay. It could be seven. I think there's seven ports actually on it. So, But the nice thing about it is that it's it's big. It <laughs> stays <clunky>. put. <laughs> so the kids don't come and get it and take it up to their room or take it with them to school or whatever. Because yeah. it's just, it's not huge or anything, but it's not something that you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to take this whole thing. It's <laughs> Yes. And so I thought it was a brilliant idea because... It also encourages them to bring their phones down Mm -hmm. there and charge their phones there at night. And so um, I think you could also make it like a family charging station if you want to have where no phones in your rooms at night or whatever, you could use it for that as well. So we'll link to it in the show notes. And again, it was from Amazon. We've only had it for two weeks. So who knows, maybe it'll (laughs) die next week and stop charging. But the general idea is really smart. And so we could always go and get it from someplace like Best Buy or Or something. Or we can make our own something of that nature. Yes. All right. So let's talk about this lies versus truth and how this can impact your life. I was inspired for us to have this topic, not only because of us alluding to it last week and how what we think dictates how we live and it changes how we view what others say to us 
and about us because we're seeing it through that lens of whatever narrative we have created for ourselves. But also, I recently got to speak in Chicago and California talking about this concept of lies versus truth and how when we believe lies, it can strangle and stifle us in such an impactful way. And it can hold us back from so much, from stepping out in faith, from relationships. It can impact our marriage, our parenting, our business, any sphere of life. It can have a negative impact. And I was thinking, Jesse, are there lies that you have believed that you have seen how it's just had such a negative impact on your life? Oh, definitely. Um, one, I'm just thinking one of the big things after we moved here uh, was just working through different lies that I believed about myself, mm-hmm. one of which was uh, as, as it regarded to being in my law practice and not thinking I was good enough, not thinking people thought very highly of me. Nobody ever said anything. It was something that I allowed myself and my negative uh, view of myself to permeate how other people would view me. I guarantee it'd be just the opposite, but I allowed myself to wallow in that and to live out of that. And and honestly, it created a very unhealthy um, drive for getting other people's approval. Mm-hmm. And I had to work through that. And uh, really come to the conclusion, you know, that I was good enough and that it wasn't based upon how I performed in certain situations that value was my self-worth. So. Well, I think, you know, it's the thing of like, there's this whole movement now, you know, like I'm enough and like having that, which is based upon really a selfish, self-centered view. But to also the opposite of that, of saying, I'm not enough. If we are a child of God, if we're a Christian, if we're redeemed, chosen, forgiven, loved by God, for us to say that on the one hand, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, to say, I'm not enough, that's a disconnect. Like we can't be a child of God and fully and wholeheartedly loved by God, infused with God's spirit, and also be not enough. And I think it's, I think you need to define what enough is. Mm-hmm. What is enough? Well, and I think you can give me your definition, but I think a lot of times whenever it's this whole, like, I'm enough thing that's based upon a self-worth, not God or Christ-based focus. It's just like, I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps and mm-hmm. I can do this. But without Christ, mm-hmm. we are nothing. But in Christ, we can do all things. And so we're enough for what God has called us to. Exactly. I think a lot of it turns on what is enough. Because without Christ, you're going to be always pushing and driving for more, to be more. And you're never going to be enough for yourself. But you're enough if you find your all in Him. Because when you're fully, wholeheartedly loved, forgiven, redeemed, chosen, you're enough. Like when Christ died for you on the cross, when he said, it is finished, in essence, he was saying, I'm enough. Where you lack, I 
will be enough. And I will fill you with everything that you need for everything that I've called you to every single day. And so living out of that perspective, it changes everything Mm -hmm. because we can stay stuck in that life. I'm not enough. I don't have what it takes. I can't, I can't measure up. You know, I'm always failing at things and I don't have anything to offer. That is, those are lies from Satan that if we stay stuck in those, we aren't resting in Christ. Mm-hmm. We're not looking to the Lord. We're looking to ourselves. We're trying to do it in our own strength and feeling like we're failing. We can't do it in our own strength, but in Christ, we can do all things. And so I think there's just been so much energy and excitement and hope and joy as I've rested in the finished work of Christ on the cross, that mm-hmm. it is finished. I don't have to sit here and try to strive to attain some standard that will never be good enough that like the bar will always be moving because in my own strength, I'm not going to have what it takes or I'm going to disappoint people. I'm going to let people down. I'm going to have that person, especially if you put yourself out on the internet every single day, I get things from people saying, I don't like you. I don't like the way you said that. You, you know, are wrong. I can't believe you would do that. I'm unfollowing you. You know, I'm so disappointed in you. All of that. And so, you know, I think it's important to learn from if there's criticism, constructive criticism, all that. We want to learn from that. But if we let that be who we are, if we let that be where our worth and value is, it's never going to be enough. The other thing too is it's a paralyzing lie mm-hmm. and it's designed to keep you from being used because it will keep you from doing anything. Yeah. It'll keep you from taking action in that area where you believe that you're not good enough. And if you don't take action, you're not allowing yourself to be used by God. Yeah. And I, I believe that Satan knows that as long as we can stay stuck in that negative narrative of we're not enough, we don't have anything to offer, we're failing at everything, we don't measure up, everybody else has it together and we don't, Mm -hmm. we're just going to sit there and sulk. And we're not going to step out in faith because it's only when we understand who we are in Christ that we have the confidence to step out and do things that we can't do in our own strength, but that in Christ we can do because we can do all things through Christ. And so as I was just processing through this, it was interesting because recently there's been quite a bit of negative feedback that I've gotten. I don't know. It just feels like there's certain times of year when maybe people are just tired and worn out or discouraged or overwhelmed. And so they tend to maybe take it out on different people in their life. And so I happen to be a person on the internet And so there have been quite a bit of negative feedback on different things. And one day I had gotten this really negative response from someone. And it was right that day that I was listening to this audiobook by Charles Martin. And he said at the end of his audiobook, only Jesus gets to tell you who you are. And I just thought that was so powerful because we can let the words of other people or what we tell ourselves in our head, like you talked about, Jesse, that be the narrative that we basically live under. And it becomes our label that we lead with and live out of. 
but only Jesus gets to tell us who we are. I was thinking when you had uh, talked about that as far as not being able to see God show up. If you, if you live out of that lie, I was thinking about Moses. What did Moses say when God called him to go and lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? I can't do this. I don't know how to speak well. See, I'm not a speaker. I'm not, I, they won't listen to me. And yet if he hadn't, if he lived in that, which he probably did, and because that's what he told God, that he would not have seen God show up. Mm-hmm. And he would not have seen the miracles that God performed in helping him to perform the tasks that he called him to do. And I think when you allow Jesus to be the one who tells you who you are, that you're redeemed, beautiful, loved, forgiven, chosen, that you can do all things through Christ, that in him, with his spirit in you, you are supercharged with superpowers to be able to do God's work only through his empowering. It gives you this confidence because it's not about you anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not about what other people think about you. It's not about how other people perceive you. It's not whether you fail or not. It's about stepping out and doing what God has called you to do and being faithful. And faithfulness, that's really what success is. Success is not about the numbers. It's not about, you know, the accolades. It's not about who thinks you're amazing or any of those things. It's about faithfulness to what God has called you to. And so I just want to encourage everyone who is listening. I don't know what lies you've told yourself. I don't know what lies have been spoken to you. I don't know what you have believed for so long that you're like, that's not a lie. That's actually true. Hold it up to the word of God. What does Jesus say about you? I spent two years of my life really unraveling all this negative narrative that I had in my head that was really based on false beliefs and dysfunctional views of God. And I started just looking at scripture to say, what does God say about me? And I realized there was a whole lot that he had to say about his people about those who are his children. And when I started camping on that truth and letting that truth permeate to the depths of my soul, it completely changed who I am, how I interact with other people, and the confidence from which I live. Because like I said, it's not about me anymore. It's just about stepping out in faith and confidence that God has called me to this. He will be faithful. I can't do this in my own strength, but in Christ, I can do all things. So I just want to encourage you today. Only Jesus gets to tell you who you are. Thank you so much for joining us today. One quick note, we are going to be taking the next two weeks off because we're traveling for Thanksgiving. So we hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. And we will see you back in two weeks. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.